Hey guys, it's Jessica. In this episode of the Wine Social Podcast Book Club, we're talking about chapters 1 through 7 of Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Ediyemi. There will be spoilers, as usual, from the book and explicit language, as well as a bunch of adult themes. Make sure you check out the show notes to get an idea of what those adult themes are so that you're not surprised like Alex and I were. After listening to the episode, make sure you head over to iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wine Social Podcast Book Club. This is Jessica. I'm Alex. And today we are talking about Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Eddie I said it wrong. <laughs> Dang it. I practiced it so much. We, you were doing so well earlier. <laughs> Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Ediemi. So, this book is extremely recent. Uh, it's been blowing up all over, at least my social media. Um... I went and looked at a couple... She has YouTube videos up. I'll link those in the show notes. Uh, but they're really, really cool. They She has stuff about um, how to get published, how to write your first book, uh, how to set aside time to write your first book, and stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool that she is helping uh, authors out there actually get get, started yeah like uh she did so that was pretty cool all right so chapter one oh so i do want to say that this book is set up in first person uh so but it's each chapter tells you who is speaking um so like the first one is in the uh point of view of what I'm considering the main character, mm-hmm. uh, Zaley. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that because of the accent over the E. Uh, so the first chapter is called Zaley. Um, and in this, it starts off where she's in this class and they're about to have this staff competition and it's, she wants to get picked. It's almost like a, a defensive class where you learn to do like battle and defend yourself. Yeah. Um, and she is picked to go uh, against. I forgot the name of the person that she's going against. Yemi, I believe. Yemi, that's right. Yes. And um, Zaley has tons of confidence. And like, they're fighting. a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that statement. <laughs> and um, so they're fighting, and Yemi calls her a maggot, which apparently is... A huge insult. Yes. At this point, I don't think we know why. Um, but she calls her a maggot, and... My note on this was she said the slur because she knows that uh, you hate it and she's afraid of losing. Don't let her goad you into a mistake. However, it had the exact opposite effect. And Where it made her mad and made her win. Yeah, basically. Well, she didn't win. because She didn't, didn't win, finish. but they didn't finish. But I yeah. assume she would have won. Yeah. She was pretty close to it. Right. And then, uh, so... Someone runs in and says that they're coming. Uh, And my note here is, who's coming? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously someone bad. Because they start hiding everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a note here of, enemy of my enemy is my friend. But then again, if they're doing something that's illegal, then Yemi would get in trouble too. So uh, that's probably where that is. Um, so there's these guards that come in. Have they explained what happened or why they're there or anything or what a maggot is by this time? No. No? Okay. So Zaylee speaks out against this guard. 
Yeah. And and she speaks out because he's talking to Mama Agba. Agba, that's how you pronounce her name. And um basically starts disrespecting her in front of Zaylee, which apparently is a huge thing, I assume, because the whole mama thing. And so she gets... Well, I don't think that's her actual mama. No, but just the fact that everybody calls her that. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of like the mother of the area. Uh, yeah. Like so I would ass- grandmother type thing. Yeah, so I would assume that disrespecting her in any way would cause someone to be rude and talk back. Yeah, but at not the same time when they're guards like, and have swords and everything. They're not supposed to, but it happened. Yeah. That and from what we can tell, she's overconfident anyways. We could tell from the fight. She's a little overconfident. Who knows if she's just overconfident about the fight or in general. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm assuming that after that, the um, what happened and what the book is about is explained. So basically, there's uh, these people called magi that have magic. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, the magic disappeared. And when the magic disappeared, the king came in and basically killed all the magic, the magi. Mm-hmm. Um, and she explains that she saw her mother killed with a chain around her neck. Yeah. Um, so tight that it drew blood. It was just, holy shit. No child. No one should see that, but no child especially should see their mother killed. Like in that. any way, but especially in that way. Yeah. Um, that's terrible. I bet that was traumatic. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, and I have a quote here, and it says, Over generations, love of the Magi turned to fear. Fear turned into hate. Hate transformed into violence. A desire to wipe the Magi away. I'm assu- uh, I believe that Mama Agba said this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is after the guards are gone. And after she, re- she gets chastised. Yes, yeah, she, uh, Zaylee gets chastised for speaking out. Uh, even though, I, be- I mean, they're being taught to fight, so that didn't make sense to me. Well, <laughs> like, even Zaylee pointed that out, is why are we learning to defend ourselves if... We're not actually going to defend ourselves. If you're going to tell me to shut up every time the guards come. So um, I said, yep, fear begets hatred. It's so sad, but so true. Even in our world, that's not a thing that is only to this world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fact that... It's brought up in this book. Yeah, like... It's interesting because... Uh, do they talk about what uh, what the Magi look like in this? That they have the white hair in this um, part? Yeah, in this part. I think that's when she's explaining it. Um, but I think that's the only thing they, um, they explained was they had white hair when they were young. And their so, magic didn't come in until they were 13, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 13. Uh, you have the book. Check. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that would be, that would be smart, huh? Mama Agba... Uh, says that she looks like her mom, which is, if your mom dies, especially at a young age, that's always a thing that you're worried about, and that hearing that you look like your mom, like, makes you happy. Uh, So I thought that was really sweet. And then she's given her own staff. She graduated. Even without finishing the fight, or I guess Mama Agba agreed with you that she would have won if they had finished. Well, I mean, the way she was on the floor, yeah. (laughs) And then someone runs in and says there's something wrong with Baba, her father, which is, I'm assuming, the word for father in this, or what people call their father in this place, which, what is the name of the um, land? Oshira or something like that? I think so. Yeah. 
All right, and then chapter two, which is also in the uh, point of view of Zaylee. So she gets to her home, and her father is drowning. Um, and she's freaking out because her brother, Zane, jumps in after their father, and she can't see either of them for a little bit. And she's um, thinking of a time when her brother actually died from drowning and her mother brought him back to life, mm -hmm. which was one of the magics. Uh, her mom was a magi. Yes. Uh, which is why she was killed, like I said in the first chapter. And so she's freaking out. And then they both come up and her father is saved. Zane's okay. And they go into their house and she has a freaking pet lion cub. Or at least that's what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... It but it has horns. And honestly, I don't understand how that's even legal. Like, what? I want one of those pets. Oh, it's I not the U.S., Alex. I know, but I wish it was. I want one of them. I know, I want one too. <laughs> uh, but it's not a lion cub like I thought it was originally. But uh, Even still, it sounds really cool. And yeah, and they sound obedient me. as heck. I know. That would be And crazy. very large. That would be nice. It would be able to protect. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have to worry about my house getting broken into or anything. And even on the off chance that it would be, I mean, I wouldn't have to worry about it. As soon as they open the door and see one of those things, they'd run. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would, at least. And then, um, I think Zane is talking about following the rules, uh, but Zaylee says nothing can protect us when those rules are rooted in hate, which, I mean... Is very true. Yes, and so <laughs> reminiscent of our political climate currently. I mean, there are so many rules currently... Uh, that are rooted in hate and then people are like, oh, well, they're just following the law. It's like, oh, well, fuck the law. Um, and so this is where they explain the maggots. Um, and a lot of diviners, I think is what they're called, um, are basically legal slaves. And that's, again, something that's really prevalent in our political climate currently. Which sucks. Yeah. And I said, fuck, man. The poor get poorer and the rich get richer. Which, in this case, it's even worse than that. It's not even just the poor getting poorer. It's one group of people being alienated. And literally a genocide happening. Yeah. So. Which is, you're right, it is a lot worse than the poor just getting poorer. Which, I mean, is terrible. And it, In its own way, but, I mean, these poor people, this poor one group of people are just all being killed off because of what they are. Yeah, which, you can't help being born who you are. Yeah, which makes it worse. Yeah. So, they need money because the reason Baba was out in the water was because the soldiers that came to Mama Agba's also went to his house and demanded taxes for having Zaylee in the first place. Yeah. Uh, because there is a tax, and if the tax isn't met, then they get sold into the slavery. Or they're required to go to pay off their taxes, and the taxes keep going up, so they never actually get paid off. Yeah. Um, which actually is a thing that happened in prisons uh, for a very long time. Uh, and I'm thinking specifically in England. I'm sure it happened here too. But in England, that's a thing that happened where people would go to prison for not paying taxes. And then they would basically be used as free labor. Uh, that's not a thing that can happen now, thankfully, for the most part. Um Obviously, they, there are ways to get around that not happening, and so it still sometimes happens, but not specifically because of taxes. Look, guys, I'm learning new things, too. <laughs> oh, did you not learn that in school? No, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> that's a thing I learned in school, I think. Unless you're 
grandmother taught me that. I don't remember. <laughs> um, she probably taught you that. Possibly. <laughs> um, so, because of this, uh, he went out to go fishing, but ever since Zaley's and Tazane's mom died, um, he basically has never been the same and has to be watched. Yeah. Um, and Zayn is pissed at Zaylee because she was supposed to stay home to watch him. Um, and when the guards came to ask for the taxes, he freaked out and they said, look, if you don't pay us this, then we're taking your daughter, basically, is what they said. So he went out on the boat, on his boat, to go fishing, but something happened, and they lost their boat as well. Yeah. And so they have a fish that uh, they are going to go sell, but they're going to go to a different town to sell it, because right now, in their town, everyone is trying to sell things because everyone is trying to pay the taxes. And nobody has the money to buy anything. Right. So they're all selling for nothing. Basically. And so they go to um, the city, basically, instead of the outskirts, where the castle and everything, where the king lives. Yeah. Um, and um, Zaylee wants to go and do it by herself. Tazan's like, uh, you already made several messes today, so you are not going by yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to go. And then Baba basically said, both of you are going. Um, and that's the end of chapter two. Yep. Chapter three. And this is on the point of view of Amari, which is the princess. And her mom is the biggest bitch. I hate her mom. Yeah. So much. Um... Stop talking to the help. Like, really? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking the entire time reading this chapter. Yes. Every, Every single- time her mother spoke and had dialogue or even a thought, I was I was getting mad. I want to slap her. <laughs> Can I reach into the book just to slap her? I just want to slap her. Once. That's all I want. Um, we can't reach into every single book and slap everybody we don't like. Well, I wish... I know. I'd be slapping lots of people then. This is true. (laughs) My hand would be sore after a couple chapters. And uh, she notices that her best friend isn't at the, like, waiting on her, which her best friend is a, quote, is a diviner, um, which to her family is lower than low. Yeah. And she's a handmaiden um, to her. And she's like, where is she? Which is why her mom told her to stop talking to the help. She excuses herself, says that she's sick. And because the um, other the other servant, or slave, really, let's call it what it is. The yeah. other slave um, is told her that her father... Requested to see her. Yeah, what is Demanded her? to see her. Yeah, uh, demanded. Uh, her friend's name is Benti, right? Binta. Ben Binta? Binta. Okay. And um so she sneaks into the throne room where her father is and there her friend Binta and there's a scroll the admiral and there's a scroll and the Binta touches the scroll. For, is forced to touch the scroll. She doesn't actually want to touch the scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, she's forced to touch the scroll. And then she gets magic powers. Because like I said, she's a diviner. I guess touching the scroll gives you magic powers if you're a diviner. Because she reached the age that she should have gotten powers if, she was, if magic was still yeah. around. Um, and she gets her powers. And then... Amari's father, the king, pushes his sword into her uh, chest, killing her. He and just Amari, wanted to make sure. Yeah, he just wanted to make sure that the scroll worked. And it didn't matter who it was, basically. Because, like I said, they're all lower than low. And Amari's shocked by this. 
I mean, she knows that he I don't literally see why. killed everybody. I was going to say, I don't see why she's so surprised. But right? I guess seeing as that's her best friend, I guess they would have they would have spared her. But I don't why? see why. Yeah, why would he? He doesn't care about them. You know? And um, I made a note that says he used the word disposed of. Uh, like, dispose of her. And it's like... Like, these like these aren't even people. They're right. just objects. Exactly. So I bad. guess to him, it, they are. Which, fuck. Is... This chapter made me so depressed. <laughs> I had to stop reading for a little bit after this chapter. I couldn't continue. Yeah. Well, it made me mad. Yeah, same. So, she... Sneaks back out of the throne room and goes into the admiral's room where she thinks the scroll is. Sees her father's coat or something in there. Basically, she realizes her father is having an affair with the admiral. Oh, yeah. And um, she steals the scroll and runs out. And I'm in the note. Uh, and the revolt begins. Well, more so. Because, honestly, the revolt kind of already started. With yeah. Sally talking back and people, like, well, the, yeah, uh, but, being trained. But the secrecy. princess, the princess um, going and revolting as well. Yeah, which is a big help whenever someone of the family decides that they... Are sick and tired of the way people are treated. Yeah. Which, I mean, it took her kind of too long. Just but a little. But then again, she was also, like, super... I mean, she it's not her fault at all for... No. Um, the Magi being killed in the first place because she was way too young to have done anything about it. Yeah. But the fact that she sat there in complacency while her father continued to spout that the Magi and the Diviners were all terrible and that there was taxes for even being one and um the fact that she was super surprised that he killed her friend whenever he's always told her that he hated them yeah like why would that change because she's your friend like he in fact probably would have wanted to kill her more because she uh they thought that she was brainwashing her yeah so i mean I, I would I would see it that way too if I was you know that way if I was wanting to kill all the all the these people and they were friends with you know my my family right you know it's I'd want like, dead more the reason why I just like Snape um, in Harry Potter and I know I'm bringing it back to Harry Potter but everything you always me. do yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, the reason why I dislike Snape so much is because um, people are like oh my gosh but he was so in love with Lily and blah 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 except even though he was quote unquote friends with her and in love with her um, he was still becoming a death eater while he was at Hogwarts yeah and that was before she basically told him to fuck off. In fact, she told him to fuck off because he was becoming a Death Eater. And she wasn't dealing with that, yeah. Yeah, because he called her a fucking mudblood when he got pissed off at her. I'm sorry, but if you're friends with someone or if you love someone, you don't do that. You don't. No matter how mad you get at them. Yeah, like... You're not going to basically tell them And you them can't that be work. in love with someone if you hate everything about them. And you can't say, oh, well, they're different. I'm sorry, but no, it's not different. No, it's There's not. N- it's not. Um, you're either a racist asshole or you're not. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. There is no exceptions. Um, so chapter four is back in the point of view of Zaylee. And she's lamenting the fact that her brother isn't talking to her. <laughs> Which, I mean, why the fuck would he talk to her? You know, like, she basically did a bunch of stuff that was wrong. Well, the most that I'd be pissed at, you know your father's not right right now because of his wife being killed like she was. Right. In front of him. 
and you want to go run off to go take a defense class Which, instead I mean, of watching him. To be him. fair, Zane was in a fighting class too. They don't really go into depth about what his stuff is, but it's no. kind of the same thing. Yeah, but it was her turn to watch him. Yeah, it was her turn to stay home. <laughs> and I mean, if you're if it's your turn to watch him and you know he's got problems right now, don't leave him alone. Yeah, I agree with that. Done she it. was basically saying, well, my thing was important, too. It's like, yeah, your thing was important, but so is his. So. Yours happens more often. You watch... I, I assume she watches him, like, every every so often, every other day, I would assume. Uh, they, well, I think they go week and week. But it sounded like he had a big tournament coming. And it wasn't just a class. It was... He was training for something. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's different other than... Just the class. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she graduated, but at the same time, like, you could have graduated next week. Yeah. <laughs> he, could, he could have done that next week. It's still going to be there. But then, of course, we wanted to have a story because they wanted to have to go sell the stupid fish and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, I guess it helps out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... They're talking about how much they're going to get for this fish. And they're talking about getting 200, I would think, silver pieces is their money for a fish. 200? What? That's insane. <laughs> and, and, uh... It may not be in U.S. currency. No, it's not in U.S. currency. But 200 silver pieces, because later in this chapter, she says silver pieces. Oh. I double-checked, because I was like... What is their money called? <laughs> uh, but they that's insane in any form of currency. This is true. <laughs> so Maybe these people are in need of fish. Well, this noble that she sells it to. Uh, goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, so I think Zan is joking when he says 200. And she says, what? You think I can't get more? And he's like, 200 is crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And um, so she starts to go into the the, uh, the gate. And she is uh, approached by a guard that is disgusting. Uh, he's drunk. And even though... Diviners are thought of as lower than low. He basically feels her up. Yeah, and when she says that she's trading, he automatically thinks that she's basically a prostitute. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with prostitution, but at the same time, like... She's probably not that old. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, if he's getting drunk, he's probably a lot older than she is. Well, I mean, drunkenness doesn't mean anything, I mean... No, I just mean that, you know, he's probably a lot older. But he's older. a guard. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's disgusting, especially when you aren't asking for anything like that. On top of that, he calls her a maggot, and, um, which, as we determined earlier, is a slur. Mm-hmm. And so, even though he thinks that she's nothing, he still... Is like groping her, and it, uh, it just made me feel so gross. It it kind of made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, like, reading it, I had to like almost skip over that. Yeah, because I was just like, oh, ew. But he finally stops because she just like doesn't actually. She just kind of takes it as a okay, get it over with type of thing. Yeah, you know? but he finally does stop. Um and. So she gets into the castle, well, not the castle walls, the um, town walls, and uh, she passes by what she calls slums, and there is a diviner being beaten uh, by, this is like the slavery that she was talking about, where they're mining something, I think. They're, they're working. I don't think it really says what they do, what no. they're doing. But the diviner is getting whipped in the face or something like that, and blood's drawn, and uh, it just fucking sucks. Yeah, but even it even says that she's um, she smells burning flesh w- because they're basically branding these people. 
Oh, is oh so okay so that actually did happen. In yeah, slavery times. So they're basically branding these people, and when she walks by, she smells burning flesh and people screaming because they're getting burned. Oh, I didn't catch that. Because that's uh, it makes when so much worse. I think I was glossing over that part. Yeah, because <laughs> it's because so uncomfortable, which isn't fair. I should have not have glossed over it and read but it. But still, it just yeah. I almost didn't read it either. But it's just there's um there's a boy. It doesn't even say it's a it's a man. It's a boy that is screaming and well, all the magi are dead, so it can't be a man. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean they're they're pleading he's pleading for these guys to stop and he's getting branded like cattle. That's fun. And um, that's all yeah. she can hear as soon as she walks in. Yay! <laughs> Lovely. Oh, damn. Alright, so she I gets more into the marketplace <laughs> where she says that instead of urine and feces, it turns into sweet bread, like cinnamon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and she's listening around, trying to figure out who she can sell this damn fish to. And at first she hears a dude offering, like, 60 pieces of silver for a fish. And she goes, oh, shit. Like, that's not enough. And, um, but then she hears a nobleman demanding the same fish as his king eats. And the, the stall person is like, dude, I can't help you. Like, that shit goes straight to the castle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would assume if that's what the king eats. Right? And so, um, Zaylee runs up and uh, says, hey, I have a fish that even the king isn't eating. And um, the dude offers her the 300 silver. And she goes, oh, well, if we're not going to be serious about this, then I'll go find someone else to buy it. And... For some reason, that works. Yeah. I mean, like, the nobleman, I'm sure, did have, like, an ego. But at the same time, it's a diviner that's selling it to him. And he, we've established that they're basically slaves. Yeah. Uh, and they're looked at as slaves. So the fact that he... Is willing to pay so much for a fish that she's selling? Yeah, I thought that was a little unbelievable. To be honest. And he gives her 500 silver pieces for it. And she actually got it. And he didn't claim that she stole it from him. Which is weird. Because like in other... I'm basing this off of other books I've read. Mm -hmm. But other books I've read. Whenever a nobleman buys something from like a street urchin or something. Yeah. Or anybody. They would have claimed that um, they stole it. even Even if they did buy it regular. Yeah. Just and to get so, them arrested and killed or whatever. the To get their money back so they yeah. don't have to actually pay for it. Yeah, exactly. So I was surprised about that. But then there's this huge commotion. And uh, she bumps into this chick that says, save me, basically. And considering we already know the description, we've know, we know it's the princess. She does not know that it's the princess. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'd still freak out if somebody... Right. Yeah. Huh? I'd still freak out if somebody was like, uh, well, you gotta get me out of here. Well, yeah. Chapter five. Woo. And this is in the point of view of Zaylee again. Zaylee is, like, kind of freaking out like I would. Yeah. She, she, like, she can't breathe and she can't breathe because this chick freaked her out. And she knows that if she gets caught with this girl talking to her, trying to get her to sneak out, that she'll be killed instantly. Yeah, because she's the diviner. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows she'll die if, like, if she's caught with this girl. Mm-hmm. Even if she's not the one speaking to her. Yeah. And, um... So... Zaylee makes a quick decision and decides to help her. Um, because, like she said in the first chapter, what's the point of learning of learning to defend if, if we're don't. not going to actually do it? And so they go to a merchant, and 
Zaylee puts the knife that her brother gave her up to the merchant's neck and is like, look, I'm not going to hurt you, but we need clothes and or a cape. A cloak. A cloak. Okay, yeah, because it wasn't clothes. No, it was a cloak. Um, And so she has Amari, which she doesn't know her name yet, but we know her name. Yeah. She has Amari take off her cloak and give it to the merchant. And the merchant's like, dude, this pays for, like, everything. So here. And they get the new cloak. And so, and Zaylee gets a cloak as well to hide her hair. Um. Because that would that would definitely be helpful. Yeah. And so they go up to the gate and they're like attempting to walk out and the guard stops them and is like, Uh, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, we're trying to leave and they said, No one in or out. There's uh someone that there's a thief There's a fugitive on the loose. That's what it is. Fugitive. And so, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. We'll wait inside then. Which is brilliant. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so, they try... Oh, no, no. Something about Amari just attempting to leave anyway, I think. Uh, but Zaylee ends up hitting the guards. And they have to run. <laughs> yeah. And they don't run out because they can't run out, but uh, they run away. And then they go to the other exit, and there's an entire blockade. Which, I mean, why wouldn't there be? You just hit a bunch of guards at the other exit. Yeah. I'm sure they've already got called back up and, and everybody else to come and protect this other exit because they know that these people are trying to escape somehow. Yeah, exactly. And um, they have Panthenair, is what they're called, which I'm assuming is what Zaylee has, her pet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to know what they look like. Dude, they seem so cute. <laughs> and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If they're not yours, then terrifying. Yeah. Um, and so they tell them to basically drop and so get on their knees or something like that. And Amari gets on her knees and Zaylee pretends like she's getting on her knees. And before this, uh, she told, uh, Amari to get her a torch. Yeah. Because this is like, uh, a torch, like not a flashlight, but like an actual fire torch. Flaming torch. torch. Yeah. Yeah. And she We're not got... in England, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so Zaylee found a bottle of alcohol in the slums, because they went to the slums to try and get away from the guards. Mm-hmm. And she found a bottle of alcohol, and so she makes a Molotov cocktail. Woo! And throws it at the uh, guards. Yeah. Because... Which does make them scatter, but doesn't really give them any way of getting out. It just pisses them off, really. Yeah. And so, they're basically about to get killed. Yeah, pretty much. And then Tazane jumps in on their um, Panthenair, or whatever the heck it's called. Uh, what is the name of their pet? Nayla. Okay. I, I can't I, I can't pronounce their, any of these names, so bear with me. <laughs> Nayla, so, Tazane is on the back of Nayla. And he's like, what are you waiting for? Get on! Yeah. And I'm like, yes, go! You don't stand there and look at me. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter five. So chapter six is in the point of view of Enon, a new person. And this is the prince. And so Amari's brother. Amari's brother, yes. And um, the queen is fawning over him. She obviously likes him a lot better than her daughter. Uh, Which I guess I can assume why, since um, he's a guy, I would assume he's going to be king next. Yeah. Um, And also, Amari seems like she just doesn't give a shit about what her mother wants for the most part. And she doesn't care about all the parties and blah, blah, blah. She doesn't want to be a princess. She was just born into it and has no choice. Yeah. 
And, um, and again, I want to slap the queen. As usual. Gamble with some peasant's life. <laughs> uh, bitch. So, they go to see the king because he was tasked with stopping the fugitive. He doesn't, re- he doesn't know it's his sister yet. Um, and he goes over there to his father and uh, the admiral is there. And the queen basically barks at everyone in the throne room to leave. And the admiral does not leave. And she goes, even you. And the admiral does not leave until the king basically nods saying, yeah, you should leave. Uh, Which tells me the queen definitely knows about their affair. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, Inan is thinking and he's basically memorized Zaley's face. But not in a raging kind of way. Like, the way he's describing it is super tender. Uh, Yeah, almost like like he's, like, saying that she's, like, really pretty and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not the way her father would have described her. No. But it's definitely not the way his father would have described her, for sure. Yeah, right. Uh, So, that was interesting, especially with this disconnect of... Like, he's basically, like, it doesn't seem like he disagrees with his father in this point. But um, at the end of this chapter, um, he is told that it's Amari. And that if any, like, no other guard, like, no one else can know. Yeah. Him and the Admiral know. Uh, but, but that's it. But that's it. And that no one else can know. And I said, yep, it is Amari doing the right fucking thing because you are fucking horrible. So chapter that, seven is in the, well, that's the end of chapter six. Yeah. Was that he found out that it was Amari. And chapter seven is again in the um, point of view of Zaylee. Yeah, most of these are, which is why I'm kind of... Considering her the main character at this point, yeah. Yeah. I kind of was at the start, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so, Zane is chastising Zaylee again. Um, as usual. I feel like she is all the time, though. He. No, I feel like she's chastised all the time. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, the way she acts out sometimes, I can understand why. Yeah, but, but she's... I'm kind of the opinion also, like, I, I get it. I get that he doesn't want something to happen to her. Um, and she's most likely to get something to happen to her. Because the way she acts? Yeah. Well, no, no not even just that, but because, because she's of a who she is. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but at the same time keeping your head down does nothing and complacency is almost as bad or just as bad as some would say as doing the act itself actually i would assume it was worse because then they can step all over you and they can make it worse in the future yeah and um then they find out who amari is yeah finally yeah (laughs) Took him long enough. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> Zaylee says, oh my gosh, I kidnapped the princess. And I was like, you didn't really kidnap her, though. Not technically. She told you. She told you to take her out. But Zaylee gets super pissed. Understandably. I mean, her I would Her father killed her mother. Um, which, I mean, understandable. But at the same time, it wasn't her. Although, she kind of... That's, that's a tough subject. Uh, yeah. Just because, you know, like I said, when she was little, she, there's nothing she could have literally done at all, period. Yeah, no. Because she was tiny. But... But at the same time, she was raised into it, so who knows? And even even still, like, that's the daughter of the man who killed your mother. Yeah. That would kind of piss me off, just the reminder of it. Yeah, and not only that, but it took her best friend dying to even do anything. Yeah. Like, she didn't see how bad it was. Until her best friend got killed. 
Yeah. And she finds out. She gets pissed. Starts choking Amari. Shazan is like, uh, yeah, Shazan is like, what the hell are you doing? She's like, I'm showing her what it's like to actually be afraid for your life. And I was like, fuck. Amari tells them, no, for real, I would have been killed because I stole the scroll and it gives power back. And Zaylee grabs the scroll because she doesn't believe her because why Why would she? Why would she? Yeah. So she grabs the scroll and she immediately drops it because she feels something. Mm-hmm. Um, I go, yay, Zaylee has powers now. And um, she basically feels it, but doesn't want to believe it yet, just in case it's not true. Yeah. But she can't help but daydream that if her mother still had powers when they came for her, that her mother would be alive. Mm-hmm. And I said that dreams like that are dangerous, especially ones that cannot come true. Because then you start becoming upset because you know it won't happen. Yeah. It was kind of like the Mirror of Arizona Again, back to Harry Potter. <laughs> because uh, Dumbledore says, you know, sitting in front of this mirror can drive you insane. Mm-hmm. Because it's sometimes it's unattainable. Which Harry's was because it was his parents. Yeah. His family all around him. It was just his ideal. Yeah. And so dreams like that can make you go insane trying to get that. Mm -hmm. Or even just sitting there just dreaming about it. And honestly, that's probably what her father is sitting there doing. Is not, obviously not a mirror of Erised, literally, but mentally, maybe. And I I know we all have that mirror sometimes. I mean, there are days that I sit there and daydream about what I wish could happen. I do that a lot with trips. I'll plan out. <laughs> I'll plan out a vacation of. What if I had lots of money and lots of time to just travel? What would I do? <laughs> and then I get sad after I plan it, going, "I hope this will never happen." But oh well. <laughs> Maybe one day, hopefully. After she chokes Amari. Yeah, and after she daydreams about her mother still being alive, which I can understand that. Um, she gets on her pet, which we said was what name? Oh, uh, oh, I can't pronounce Nayla, it. Nayla, right? Yeah. Nyla? Nyla. 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 Um, and she's like, where are you going? Talking to Amari, because Amari started going with them. And she's like, uh... <laughs> she's like... To say it's like, okay, but she kind of has to come with us if you're taking the scroll, because otherwise she's just going to tell them where to find us. Yeah. Uh, and she resigns to it and says, okay, but she doesn't really want Amari to come, which I can understand that as well. But at the same time, I can kind of understand why they need her to come with them. Oh, yeah. So. All right. And that is the end of chapter seven. And I think we're going to end it here. This was a lot more information than I was expecting. Uh, That's for there's sure. There's a lot of chapters in this book. There's like, what, 84, 85 chapters in this book? I believe so. Yeah. I believe 84. Yeah. So, But there's only 500-something pages, which in my brain translate into short chapters. And maybe and they are short chapters. They are kind of short chapters. But, but there's holy, so much information. Yeah, so much goes on in each chapter. There, this is a young adult book. I was not expecting it to be this heavy. Uh, uh, there's as graphic the, as it is. Yes. The um, description of how her mother died. The, the description of the slavery going on. The issues that he pulls up. The, um, the slavery. The hatred of why the king is doing this, the whole reason the king is um, killing all these magis off. The whole hatred. It yeah. all still exists, and it's very serious topics even still. Even still, like, definitely still, especially right now. Like, oh my gosh. I don't want to go too far into that, because I don't want this to become 
super, I know a lot of people listen to podcasts to get away from it, but at the same time, I don't think we picked the correct book for them to get away from <laughs> No, Whoops. but it's still, it's good to talk about sometimes. Oh, definitely good to talk about. We have to talk about it, because if we're not talking about it, we're being just as complacent as what we accused Tazane and <laughs> yeah. of being. So we can't exactly do that, because yeah. then we're, as we said, just as much of a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the episode. I am so sorry that we got so deep and dark, but, I mean, when you're reading a book about... Children of blood and bone, <sighs> it's bound to get dark. <laughs> well, no, it's not just that. When we're talking about genocide of basically a race... Slavery. And and slavery, and... All this horrible stuff, branding people, like, that's the part I can't get out of my head. Yeah. I think, because, do you have that thing? Because I found out recently that not everyone has, when they read, has a movie playing in their head of what they're reading. Do you have that? Yeah. Okay, so do I. Apparently not everyone does that. No, not everyone. whenever I read, I do. And so that's why after the chapter with her mother and everything, I had to stop reading for a little bit. Yeah, because I was sitting there going, oh, oh no, oh, oh no. Yeah. Like, I was so sad. Like, I could see it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And that's why the branding was so bad, too, because I saw it. And that's probably why I skipped over it, because I didn't want to read it. Yeah. Like I said, though... It's not really fair of me to skip over and to not read it. Because yeah. we have enough of that going on now anyway of people pretending that stuff isn't happening. Yeah. But, I mean... It is also fiction, but not fiction enough to... Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's fiction, but not fiction. But that is our episode. So I'm Jessica. I'm Alex. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Join us next week for chapters 8 through 14 of Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Ediemi. Um, so what the fuck were we talking about? I don't remember.